Hi, it's Brian and the Freaks here, bringing you the fifth, sixth, I can't remember, volume in our seven-part retrospective on Bill Gates and the Gates Foundation and all the awful things that they do. In this one, we talk about a Guardian article from November of 2020, uh, planted by the Gates Foundation and one of their many paid-for, uh, you know, sort of, you know, articles, editorials, etc., that they put in papers across the country and across the world. Uh, this one advocating for the hidden joys of child labor. So, enjoy! The nice thing is, is if you aren't able to code, and if you're too young to be killed by uh, the Emanuel's uh, murder <laughs> machine that will be in every single you know city, <laughs> there's suicide booths that they install in every city. Uh, if you're if you're too young for that, maybe you could become a child laborer. <laughs> and there was this amazing article in the Guardian, and uh, and by the Guardian, I mean. The uh, Bill and Melinda Gates uh, sponsored editorial, which in global development. So the Gates Foundation essentially sponsors a column in The Guardian where they post their freaks up there to put forward the Gates's like freakish fucking views. And they posted one this week that the title was Child Labor Doesn't Have to Be Exploitation. It gave <laughs> me life skills. And fucking hello. <laughs> so. People rightfully clowned on it online. And The Guardian, uh, instead of changing the content of the article, which matches the original headline, they just changed the headline to child labor is exploitation, but the household work I did as a child gave me life skills. But I think... Okay, so the Gates Foundation out there, you know, supporting the developing world, coming up with new innovative strategies and toilets for um how to get the global south out of uh you know intractable poverty um we've heard a lot of their good ideas before none of them are end imperialism but but now really it sounds like with this article they're turning sort of their eye on back on us saying stop being mad about child labor (laughs) (laughs) well that and I, so they they cite they find some woman you know from Africa to write this right <laughs> you know uh, or stamp her name on it at least and the whole thing is basically like hey look uh, it essentially calls child labor like a culture issue it is oh, like cool. so because child labor is done uh, in non-white cultures. Uh, being against it is racist. I no, I feel that. Yeah. Well, the basic summary is, which I love this: we need to embrace the blurred lines and complexities of cultural norms. So, if you're like, "Hey, I don't think that child should be in that textile mill," you're doing a no growth now. 
All right. I'm afraid we're going to need you to uh, get with the HR department. You've done a no growth. <laughs> but it, the thing that was sort of interesting about it is, I don't know if you guys remember this. I'm actually, I, I pulled up the cover. I'm looking at it right now. But Time Magazine 2005 had this like big issue where the whole issue was just one topic, how to end poverty. And it was focusing on ending poverty primarily in Africa, right? And it had uh, such luminaries as Jeffrey Sachs, uh, famous for ending poverty in Russia. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Bono had, a, had a, like an article in it. I mean, just all the people that if you want to end poverty in the third world, th- these are the ones you go to. But the thing that came up over and over again, particularly when talking about Africa, was that Africa had these like giant cities that were developing because Africa was experiencing and has been for the last 30 years, a giant move from the countryside to the ur- to the urban, right? Just like everywhere around the world is. And they were looking at it and saying like, how can we get factories into those cities? <laughs> What's the whole, well, basically the whole premise. Like right now, people are too poor in a lot of these countries and too undernourished and stuff to work in factories. How can we get them just well off enough to get them into that factory? And this child labor thing, I mean, it's its sort of all of a piece, right? Which is, how can we use issues of poverty and things like that to uh, hyper-exploit labor in ever new and interesting ways? But it's good exciting. stuff. Yeah, it's good, exciting stuff. Now, again, people uh, might have forgotten this, too, but real heads who like to follow elections, they don't even bother to vote in, like myself. <laughs> I remember her in... Uh, I think it was in 2016 when the Republicans had everybody running. Uh, At one point, Newt Gingrich had thrown his hat in the ring. And one of his big platform pieces was bring back child labor. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You want to fund schools, maybe have the poor kids uh, clean it as custodians. Like maybe. Yeah. Get rid of the lunch ladies or whatever. (laughs) Well, this is literally how, look, this is how the whole game is played. Like there are, you know, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is just one outlet that takes, you know, the enormous uh, capital of our ruling class toward, you know, and puts it towards shaping like policy, you know, and this is how it's done and, and giving uh, even liberals ammunition for how to uh, do things that on first glance seem reprehensible. Uh, uh yeah, they're winning at it too. I mean, what is the? I mean, what is like for what? Are it's not like um, there's really that our laws are that stringent about doing commerce with countries that have child labor. Uh, well, and interesting, know? interesting as the article points out too, right? Uh, in the U.S., uh, for the cultivation of tobacco, you can use children as young as fourteen, which they do. Uh, extensively right and like and they basically pointed out like yeah like see i mean you know hey you guys got child labor too and it's like yeah that's also bad (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah i mean i i think part of it is i remember i had a history professor who was always fond of saying that like we live in a like a weird uh bubble of capitalism and that capitalism's real face was the 19th century And I think what we're seeing, you know, in the last week of celebrating the Biden victory is a real desire to return to the 19th century, right? Like, how about we don't have regular employment? How about everybody is just contingent contract labor, right? How about uh, child labor, too? 
you know, those little kids that right, they're like, hey, you guys are right. Like uh, two parents on like minimum wage incomes uh, definitely cannot support a household. So get those kids to work. You know, maybe you need a a four, a third and fourth breadwinner. So get little, you know, Timmy and little Johnny into the factory. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, you know, it, we're building that bridge to the 19th century. And I'm just very excited. Well, I'm glad we have such luminaries as Bill and Melinda Gates to light the way. Yeah. <laughs> now, who could have imagined that a little thing called Windows <laughs> would be what uh, takes us back to the Gilded Age? Well, you know, if the children don't want to work in the factory, they should do what Bill Gates did and steal someone else's operating system. <laughs> uh, secure funding because your parents are rich and have connections, and then uh, jam that operating system down people's throats by violating monopoly laws. Uh, you know, cool. <laughs> you know the good old-fashioned way. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, the, I mean, that's the thing, too. Every the the few times I'm ever anywhere near like Seattle Center and I pass by the Gates Foundation building, which is this monstrosity of fucking wealth just eating a whole city block. It's just amazing to drive by that and look at it and think about how, you know what, inside there are so many urban professionals with graduate degrees and stuff who are just coming out with new and interesting ways to justify child labor in the third yeah. being used by Nike and whatever, right? And, uh, and it just warms the heart, you know? Good stuff. Glad, glad the charity is around. Very funny. What? Why the fuck did they run that? Like, why now? What? This is... I'm telling you, the child labor thing is like... That, that's a, one a rich people think, but that's a Gates Foundation deal. Like, I mean, the, the Gates Foundation is the editor of this column, right? I mean, that's the thing that probably is worth mentioning is the Gates Foundation is, this is just propaganda from them. Like, this is news releases. This is better understood as news releases from the Gates Foundation for yeah. you. All right. So, as Brian said, this is in The Guardian, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation Global development. Child labor is exploitation, but the household work I did as a child gave me life skills. <laughs> Growing up in Africa taught me to be self-reliant and resilient. Putting children to work must be seen in local context. Aged eight, Tayambili would walk with her mother every day to fetch water. On her two-kilometer return journey in 30 degrees Celsius heat, she would carry 20 liters in an aluminum bucket on her head. Is this a story problem? <laughs> well, first off, yeah, <laughs> for an American audience, like that, for all we know, she walked like uh, you know 20 feet. And it was <laughs> degrees. Apparently, 30 degrees Celsius is 86 degrees. Yeah, we're gonna be tested on. Uh, conversion later in this article she would then help to pound maize in a mortar and prepare food for the family typically fresh fish caught by her father on the lake after the main so we're building like a very idyllic right image too i mean this is like a little bit of like noble savage shit but okay yeah yeah after the main and only meal of the day tayamba meaning we have started in chichawa the national language of malawi in southeastern Africa, would take care of her baby sister. That young girl was me. Oh, my God. <laughs> Through a Western lens, some might view my experience as child labor. T- 
to me, I was learning life skills. Six decades later, most people from this landlocked country still live in rural areas. Many are involved in agriculture for their livelihoods, including tobacco farming, so-called green gold for one of the world's poorest nations. Multinational companies make billions of dollars a year selling cigarettes in the U.S., Europe, and elsewhere. The tobacco is produced in tough conditions, much of it by children aged under 14. Oh, yes, the really sub- sympathetic tobacco industry. Great way to lead with this. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So I guess that this is like a, a bait and switch happening here. Like between like, look, I did these uh, household chores that, yeah, were very hard because my family was very poor. Um, but yet there were household chores that inevitably poor people are going to do. Which, you know, we might answer with, yeah, instead of, yeah, no, obviously it's not like anyone's place to come in and like regulate away child labor out of household chores. It, it is our place to have solidarity with humanity and end fucking poverty, you piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> but like, but then immediately it's flopping to corporate agriculture is like somehow the same thing. And <laughs> No doubt, just by using child labor and the original headline being like, hey, guys, child labor is good. Shut the fuck up. Uh, Obviously, like, yeah, it's let's do it in factories as well. So, like, this is just totally fraudulent. Well, and let me give uh, I was just like, hey, why don't we see what the child labor situation in Malawi is right now? And so this is from the U.S. Department of Labor. This is from 2019. Uh, In 2019, Malawi made a moderate advancement in efforts to eliminate the worst forms of child labor. The government elevated the Tobacco Commission to enforce the Tobacco Industry Bill, which requires tobacco growers to report on efforts to eliminate child labor and tobacco farming and significantly increase funding of its labor inspectorate. However, children in Malawi continue to engage in the worst forms of child labor, including the harvesting of tobacco <laughs> and commercial sexual exploitation. Well, now we know. Wow. By the way, now we know wow. how the games are into it. Yeah. So Jeez. basically, someone in the government in Malawi managed to pass what sounds like an incredibly tepid bill where they ask nicely for industry to cut back eventually on child labor. And this raised the hackles of the global elite and the Gates Foundation was dispatched to in probably multiple ways, but in one small part of the uh, like Phoenix program against these uh, <laughs> these, uh, you know, out of line legislators in Malawi, they is this column. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Well, they- Basically, they probably are just going into like, you know, these tobacco fields and saying, you know, all right, who talked? And if you raise your hand, you get put into like a Gates Foundation, like medical trial. essentially. <laughs> well, it's it's like the paperwork says that, but it's really just the box from Bridge on the River Kwai. <laughs> all right, go ahead, Colin. Sorry. Uh, no, that's OK. Uh... Child labor will continue until your cultural ad- affect pr- uh, improves. <laughs> These practices are rightly considered exploitative, can be physically and mentally harmful and detrimental to children's futures by keeping them out of school. So then this next paragraph has a picture of a kid who looks like maybe they're digging through dirt. And then it says five myths about child labor. (laughs) Read more. Oh, Lord. (laughs) So very uh, Starship Troopers. (laughs) Uh, by the way, I'm doing my part. <laughs> Would you like to know more? 
Oh my god. So I mean, in some ways, this is like meant to clown on the people in Malawi who are trying to crack down on uh child labor by being looking what look what the the big white Western press is saying about you and how dumb you are for trying to to uh how how backward you are <laughs> for uh Okay. Uh, trying well, to crack down on child labor. So wouldn't you believe it? The five myths about child labor is also a Gates Foundation. <laughs> uh, or Gates Foundation press release. Holy myth, shit. Myth number one is every form of child labor is bad. Oh, That's no way. Th- now, this is real neoliberal thought right here. Myth number four. Child labor is necessary. <laughs> 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 but he calls it a necessary evil. And they basically go on to agree. Like, yeah, I mean, like, it is pretty much a necessary evil. <laughs> so not a myth. Yeah, yeah. Fucking rules. Uh, so Gates Foundation doing good What's, work. Wait, what are the other three? Oh, God damn. I just clicked away. Hold on one sec. Uh, the others are Guardian. Fix your fuck. God damn it. The Guardian deserves to die. Like every <laughs> this many pop ups deserves to fucking die. Uh, most child laborers work in factories. As they said, a lot of them work in tobacco fields. Uh, checkmate, yeah. friends. A lot of them work in 30 <laughs> degree heat and have to walk a million kilometers down rows of tobacco. Whatever yeah, that means. Child as laborers, they they're toasted. Yeah, as they point out, they're like, no, most of them work in agriculture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they really need uh, uh, what's his name? On Don the- Draper. Don Draper on this campaign to save child labor <laughs> in the Nordic world. Here's what we're going to do. <laughs> well, that's what he did after he went to the commune and got centered again as he started working on child labor campaigns. But yeah. I'm firing Bill and Melinda. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he so they point out that uh, actually, you know, about 59 percent of child uh, you know, labor is con- concentrated in agriculture. You know, oh, guys, just the like, like labor of the antebellum south. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Like a little kid. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, man. I just, uh, yeah, they should really, uh, I want to see some interviews with these uh, child laborers about how much they love working on the farm. Just like, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my well, God. So we also have uh, child labor only exists in poor countries, would be the other one, uh, where they assure you that it's got to be okay because Europe and the U.S. does it, too. Uh, <laughs> And Amazing. last one, child labor helps young people transition into paid work as adults, uh, which they point out uh, does not. So <laughs> I, reason good. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it, it it's just a statue, but it, it is this idea. I'm part of the neoliberal sort of. Dude, uh, I hate project. it when I, get, I give my resume for a job when I want to transition into paid work as an adult. And they're like. Uh, what were you doing between the, the years uh, uh, 1990 and 2003? And I was like, oh, um, I was in uh, education as a child. Um, next, please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it. Well, I think, too, that basically this is, you have to see this as part of the general neoliberal project of rolling back all the labor rights that were won through the labor movement, right? And they don't want to just do that at home, right? Because, you know, the Gateses have their fingers in a lot of pots, including international ones. They want to do it abroad, too. They want to do it in the imperial periphery as well, right? And uh, 
this just seems to all be a piece of, I guess, normalizing. Hey, guys, normalize child labor. All right. That's the tweet. Send. <laughs> yeah, you're right, because they're totally trying to mystify it in mm-hmm. by painting it as this cultural feature of people who've been yeah. immiserated by like hundreds of years of empire. Whose whose natural indigenous culture (laughs) was (laughs) child labor (laughs) um, have have existed for uh, hundreds of years (laughs) under European colonialism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the part of it too, right? Is we're we're talking about the you know the so-called natural you know ways of the third world, and the other part of it is just this. This mystifying too, where the term exploitation never seems to come into these conversations, right? That the reason why child labor is used is so that one, they're, you know, can be exploited at a higher level than adults. And two, I mean, in the case of, you know, uh, people who are doing like homework and things like that, right? Uh, so that the adults can be exploited at a higher level, right? The children are brought in to do the the care, the labor care work, right? Um, but yeah, the, the Exploitation never seems to be in this conversation. It's, it's very fascinating. It's good, actually. So it continues. Yeah. However, where do you draw the line between what is internationally deemed a crime and a natural process of transferring skills? Is international <laughs> concern on child rights relevant to Africa? And again, I, I, this is blurring the line again because they basically are saying, Hey, look, where do you draw the line between chores and international labor crimes? And it's like, <laughs> probably where the criminal code begins would be my guess. Basically, it's I, saying, I a line. <laughs> listen, these people, they're not like us. Their brain pans are more suited to uh, servile work. And if you don't start teaching them as children, they'll, they'll put those uh, warped brain pans to use for only crime and vice. I mean, that's, that's what I'm hearing. Hey, what did I say? Science is back, baby. Yeah, in a big way. It is. There's like, uh, so that's literally the exact argument from the antebellum South, right? Yeah. Like there was, there was this great book that came out that was called... It's uh, called Racism. <laughs> yeah. There's this great book, academic book called uh, When Slavery Was Called Freedom. And it was basically all about, like, the way they would frame this argument. They'd be like, no, like, slavery is freedom for the slave because, yeah, essentially, like, their brain pan doesn't hold enough marbles. So, therefore, you know, like, if we just let them loose on the world, I mean, that would just overwhelm them. They wouldn't be able to give themselves to God because they'd be so overwhelmed. So, this is, like, the best thing, actually. But, you know, miraculously, the best thing always seems to be the thing that benefits capital. And, uh, yeah, it's just a total rehash of that fucking argument. (laughs) Some argue that child labor perpetuates poverty, unemployment, illiteracy, population growth, and other social problems. With the exception of large organizations putting children to work, local context is everything. <laughs> Mahatma Gandhi forged the... To tell those nosy busybodies uh, uh, to keep their faces out of my sweatshop. Yeah. Having mentioned all the uh, classical arguments against child labor, I will... Never mention them again. I will not <laughs> refute them. I'm now an anecdote about Gandhi. Oh, by the way, uh, I noticed that they aren't going to uh, quote anything about, you know, Gandhi spent a little time in Africa with the Indian diaspora. Oh, did he ever? 
And I love that they're not going to mention any of the things that he thought about the African people while he was there. That kind of like the things that this later. article is implicitly arguing that they have like small fans <laughs> and must be must be uh, molded into workers from a young age, or they will uh, default <laughs> to crime and vice. Yeah, I mean that's basically yeah. a quote from Gandhi. Well, yeah, he's I mean, in South Africa. Yeah, I mean the Gates Foundation has that painted on the hallway wall, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. But they they forgot <laughs> the article because they see it every day. So like everybody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> Mahatma Gandhi forged the way for Indian independence. The father of his nation knew a thing or two about self-reliance. <laughs> Our children should not be so taught as to despise labor, he wrote in a weekly journal in 1921. There is no reason why a peasant's son, after having gone to school, should become useless as he does become as an agricultural laborer. Uh, Love to grind up my uh, children in the satanic mills, (laughs) ensure that they don't despise labor as an adult. (laughs) Yeah. it's amazing the logic you could just replace labor and put like having sex with children and the same arguments yeah. would, like unfold. By the way, yeah. another thing that Gandhi actually likes, but <laughs> not to talk about Gandhi and his, uh, you know, his Gandhi. Picking. He was truly the Bill Gates of his time. <laughs> <laughs> That's what people mean when they say that Gates is Gandhi like. But, yeah. but yeah, I mean. One, uh, could you think that maybe there's a difference between 1921 and today? Since we're, since we're all about cultural differences in this article, maybe there's a historical difference between 1921 and today. <laughs> and also, uh, again, it's just so on the nose to quote Gandhi and to be like, also, don't don't look into his stuff about Africa. Right? <laughs> <laughs> just, just maybe leave that on the side. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's people. got a Herzogian vibe here you're going to see in this next paragraph. So Is there's the dictionary a- quoted? No, but there's like a refutation of your own argument, basically. Um, So there's another little uh, aside here that says global dispatch. Sign up for a different worldview. What do you think? Should we? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I want this downloaded directly to my brain. So it continues. Yes, a different era and a different continent. (laughs) Some might say (laughs) stupid to even bring up. Only invites ridicule. (laughs) But after almost 100 years, Africa's single most important economic activity is still agriculture. Two thirds of its working population is employed in food and cash crop production. Malawi. Basically, that's because they haven't allowed enough child labor in Africa. That's why Africa has remained like underdeveloped industrially. Don't don't look into any other causes. Just, yeah, right. Just like California or like the whole middle of America. Yeah. Yeah. Not enough not a high enough uh content of child labor in Africa. Uh definitely not the continual like exploitation and theft of all of Africa's resources. <laughs> <laughs> in Malawi, it is eighty percent, according to the World Bank. Children, the farmers of tomorrow. <laughs> Farmers of tomorrow are the farmers of today. <laughs> Irish five-year-olds are the industrial hands of tomorrow. <laughs> Play a crucial. God forbid uh, children be, you know, trained to be cogs in the capitalist machine in fucking schools. 
<laughs> yeah, this is real on-the-job training. Yeah. Could you imagine, though, if, like, you know, this was just, like, Coney giving his argument for child soldiers, right? And being like, look, children are just the soldiers of tomorrow. So <laughs> why not get started today? <laughs> We're wasting time. Yeah. They play a crucial role in the rural economy. They learn skills by observation and participating in activities such as building houses, fishing, preparing food, all essential for survival, and definitely all things that are impossible to learn without being a child laborer. Yeah, yeah. Again, like we're talking about things that are done in the home and in the community in poor communities and like comparing it to like wage child wage slavery for corporations yeah yeah you're basically you're, you're keep trying to pay just like to paper over that gap there uh and it ain't working yeah this is the article's whole sort of reason for being right it's whole thing it's basically like oh uh you're saying that you know children can't be exploited in horrifying tobacco fields uh for the sake of rj reynolds well, you must not want your kids to do chores. The purpose of an, of an article like this is, you know, as a PR test, mm-hmm. it's like, let's see how, cause all these, all the shittiest things we believe, all the like, you know, learned truths that are neoliberal hell, hell, the, the citizens of our neoliberal hell, like just believe like the water they're swimming in. They all started like with shit like this, with people putting up like, some bird brain fucking argument and seeing if it's stuck. And the shit that sticks becomes what gets like just bashed into the brains of all the idiots on this planet. Mm. Be how they think the world works forevermore, you know? No, it's like when you have a like shitty fast food job and you're like scared of being fired in the beginning. So you like make the hamburgers good, but then you like slowly make shitty ones and nobody says anything and you realize why am I bothering and you just make them shittier and shittier. This is is the test. They're handing you the shit sandwich and seeing if you'll accept it. And if you do, oh, is there more coming down the road, right? These skills are transferred from elder family members to children, from mother to daughter, father to son. But from an outsider's perspective, these at-home chores can be viewed negatively. (laughs) All right, here's your definition, Greg. The International Labor Organization defines child labor as work that deprives children of their childhood, their potential, and their dignity, and that is harmful to physical and mental development. At the most extreme, it involves child slavery, separation from families, or exposure to life-threatening hazards. Other examples may involve children being kept home from school in order to keep the household. (laughs) Sounds like she's about to tear down this uh, definition of uh, child labor, and that should really just be seen as an example of, like, the problem with leaving the libs to defend the rights and dignity of humanity, you know, like Mm -hmm. they're going to have shit like this that um, doesn't stand up in the face of like a, uh, a determined capital class. Yeah. Child labor is not new. 
To varying extents, it has existed throughout history. In 19th century Britain, Victorian factories and mines exploited children on a massive scale. Indeed, it was a worldwide problem, not just during industrialization, but throughout the last century. Today, contrary to popular belief, most child laborers are employed by their parents rather than in manufacturing or the formal economy. Yeah, that the other part of it, too, is if you want to learn about how much fun that was, I mean, you can read like any Marx or Angles here about what a great time everybody was having in Victorian Britain. <laughs> uh, I was well, trying to have it both ways, trying to go like, yeah, yeah no, to be sure, to be sure, uh, <laughs> feel the bad child laborer is bad. But what I'm trying to do is say that like things <laughs> that people out there want to label child labor are really not the same thing. We need, you know, we need a new definition. They're micro internships. But I will point out that hilariously, if you go to the International Labor Organization, their uh, definition of child labor is much longer and extensive than weirdly what was quoted on this article, uh, including things like uh, forcing children to work below the minimum age of work, you know, of labor, right? Uh, And all this kind of stuff. So uh, they actually do uh, talk about issues of exploitation and stuff like that as well. But again, I can't have that in this conversation. Let's just keep it to about chores. (laughs) Yeah. In Africa, where many areas have no social security or social services... To I wonder support, why that is. Yeah, that's really well, weird. Let's not get into it, though. To support the vulnerable, families are responsible for educating and training the next generation to become capable adults. Those with good life skills become self-reliant and resilient because they can support themselves against all odds. Bootstrap. Wow. Wow. There, there, there's an African proverb, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. <laughs> yeah. And the other African proverb is anyone who doesn't is because they are. Uh, they don't uh, have good life skills. And yeah. devoid of life skills. Yeah. They deserve what's coming to them, which is <laughs> child labor. <laughs> Jesus. They'll be wishing they were child labor <laughs> when we're done with them <laughs> as adults. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, I mean, it's amazing. Again, the whole argument seems to be, hey, look, uh, Europe and the United States uh, worked very hard for centuries to underdevelop and exploit and rob the shit out of Africa. And because of that, look, your kids just have to become child laborers. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you know that that's the only way to resolve this situation is to then uh, turn the children of Africa into child laborers for for R.J. Reynolds. Again, the thing that we keep forgetting <laughs> is that this is in Malawi specifically. This is for the tobacco industry. There is an African proverb: by crawling, a child learns to stand. Without these life skills, the young adult is the laughing stock of the community dependent on others for food, clothing, and even shelter. The degree to which this has internalized, like, the logic of basically 21st century neoliberalism is incredible. Like, there's, she's basically talking about a meritocracy. Yeah. She's literally saying bootstrap it. Yeah. And the problem with Africa is not enough bootstrapping. Well, not enough child labor. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's come down to. The literal argument of this is the reason <laughs> Africa is underdeveloped or poor is because there isn't enough child labor. They just don't oh. have a high enough quantity. Oh, it's also <laughs> building a structure for you to view it in, a lens for you to view it that is 
backwards that flips the image like looking into a spoon, right? Like <laughs> it, it's like it, it instead of asking why is Africa overall poorer than the global north uh and why are people in these positions of having to uh you know exploit their own children for their labor or send their children to be exploited for their labor labor for the pittance that it returns uh instead of asking like what structural things are causing that uh just you know learn to love the exploitation Mm -hmm. well instead of uh you know reading the widely available online book by walter rodney how europe underdeveloped africa uh try just going into tobacco fields and uh, (laughs) doing and doing a little better you know working a little harder i have been involved in development in sub-saharan africa for most of my working life Local context is the hallmark of effective development work. What works in one community may have no place in another, and an appreciation of diversity and cultural norms is key to success. Weird, that was the antebellum South's argument, too. Yeah, also, um, how are you doing on uh, uh, developing Africa? I mean, this is like the British Empire's argument, too, right? It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. we're develop- Yeah, no, no, no. I'm here doing it. We're doing the development. Yeah, we're doing the work. Uh, it doesn't work for various, you know, cultural reasons. Like we want to build our, you know, we want to give them the steam locomotive and develop their transport, but you know, uh, you know, we just can't figure out how to make it work culturally. You know, <laughs> I mean, this is the big part of the sort of, you know, not the only, but one of the big reasons for the use of sort of race and racism and in the imperial context, right? Is at some point when you're creating this sort of white man's bird and kind of mythology around your imperial ventures. I mean, eventually somebody's asked the question, yeah, you've been doing all this work to develop the third world. How come it still sucks ass? <laughs> still poor shit. And to that, all you can say is racism. Definitely not what we're doing there. Like, you know, it's definitely, yeah. we're definitely not creating the problem. That's for sure. It must no. be some other <laughs> mysterious ingrown factor. It's the misshapen brains of the natives. Yeah. 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 Totally. I mean, I don't know why all the natives die every time we run over. into it. it's innate to their biology yeah yeah every time we meet the natives they die i don't know why that is probably their biology if i had to if i had to guess (laughs) over the past decade there has been a significant shift towards localization local experts and communities receiving aid have become much more involved in development rather than having values imposed from the west (laughs) isn't that literally what's happening yeah, because what they mean by localization is the West essentially in exchange for getting loans from you know people like the Gates Foundation, but also from the World Bank and stuff. The governments of these countries have to dismantle, you know, programs like social service programs and stuff like that have to be dismantled. And so then the money goes to groups on the ground. And it just turns out those groups on the ground are literally like Gates Foundation freaks. <laughs> you know? uh, and this is called localization, uh, not exploitation, apparently. Well, or it, isn't it a coincidence, though, that like every all these different local cultures across the developing world all have <laughs> exact um, cultural, spe- culturally specific uh <laughs> belief in the use of child labor (laughs) and isn't it interesting how um 
actually, you know, their main cultural uh, norm is their own poverty and desperation. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's what they're doing here is they're turning, trying to use the language of like woke, like cultural, like diversity, uh, cultural relativity to describe what they're actually selling as a universal cultural trait of uh, anyone who's poor. And that trait is poverty, which is, you know, and essentially just the, just you always comes back to this essentially conservative, like all the way back to like Berkey and logic of like, this shit is cultural. It's this is where, yeah, like you're saying racism comes from, because that's what they're saying. They're saying like, like, the desperation and poverty is their culture, and that's why we have to do child labor. Yeah. <laughs> everywhere. In all these culture. culturally specific ways, everywhere. Yeah. Turns out it's you're gonna be poverty shit, right? Yeah. You're gonna be uh you're gonna be real surprised, white America, when it turns out you actually have a culture that embraces child labor too. Uh you, you may not know it now. But I yeah. I I've I've studied many cultures of, of all the cultures I've studied throughout my life. I've never actually seen a culture so poor, desperate and enthralled with child labor as America. Uh, we're just wait, waiting to get back to our roots. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Well, that and I love to this idea of uh, it's the bootstrapping idea, too, of like, well, what makes these people impoverished is they didn't do enough child labor to learn the vital skills and stuff necessary to have the kind of like wealth and development that the first world has. You know, the kind of job skills and life skills that people like the Trump kids and Biden kids have <laughs> that have led them to be, uh, you know, self-made millionaires. Well, right? when I you're mean, selling it to liberals, the exploitation is always just a prerequisite for development. Yeah. Right. It's like, no, no, really all we need. All, all these poor, uh, backward, culturally specific uh, peoples of the developing world with their faulty brain pans need is to commit to child exploitation for just one generation. But if they can all get on board yeah. for just that <laughs> one generation for a solid 20 years of really brutal child exploitation, you'd emerge with a whole new culture of... Uh, you know, self-starters who were uh, on the come up, you know, and you'd have, uh, uh, you know, Silicon Valley's popping up uh, all across uh, the Sahara. Yeah, it was the child labor situation uh, just outside of San Francisco. So it created Silicon Valley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, that's how they all got their work ethic. Yeah. That's how they all became yeah. rise and grind guys is they were. <laughs> Uh, you know, they had a machete and were hacking bananas out of fucking <laughs> trees at six, you know? I can't help but think of John Carpenter's comments about Kurt Russell here, but uh, that would support this argument. So I'm going to keep those to myself. Programs are now run by talented and empowered national staff. Who were the what? Children. <laughs> in, in the tobacco fields. Yeah. <laughs> the beneficiaries are no longer passive recipients of grant funds, but are part of the solution. Welfare queens. It's a, literally a welfare queens <laughs> argument. Jesus fucking Christ. I hate this country so much. I fucking hate the United States. Defining the challenge and how best to tackle it. Oh, that, you know, the classic liberal mer meritocratic strategy of identifying a problem 
before you try to solve it. Uh, innovation. <laughs> yeah. it, it, I, essence of innovation right there. Hey, if they hadn't invented that in 1994, I mean, we wouldn't be in the place we're in right now. So thank you. <laughs> I, that's the kind of innovation that gets Robbie Mook another job running campaigns. Yeah, I think Microsoft got the patent on that when they bought Netscape Navigator or some shit. <laughs> Involving parents enables them to make the right decisions. My <laughs> advice has always been that children should have the chance to go to school, as I did 60 years ago, to play and to act their age. However, we cannot tell mothers and fathers how to parent or what to do in their own homes. I mean, I'm pretty yeah. sure... Disgusting. Yeah, it's like I'm pretty sure that actually uh, in most uh, countries that that like no, you absolutely can tell parents like what to do with their kids. Yeah, and <laughs> we're saying we're just saying no, no. This is these cultures want to do this not because mm-hmm. they, of course they of course it's part of their the way they think of doing life because they're poor and desperate and this is what they need to do to survive. Like, uh, God forbid anyone like dream of anything better for you know, the children of the world. Oh, fuck, man. Like, that that's really fucking bleak. Well, that, and I, I get why Bill Gates uh, wants, you know, the parents to be in charge of what happens inside their own homes like, with their kids. There should be but, a, a, you know, a counselor on every factory floor, you know, and they should do uh, <laughs> parent conferences once a quarter, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Understanding the distinction between exploitation and transfer of life skills is critical for development workers stepping into any community. Still looking for it, you piece of shit. Uh, (laughs) You haven't identified that at all here. You've mentioned school, which is a place to, you know, teach kids life schools, including, you know, you can teach kids in school about like jobs and factories. Yeah. Uh, Fucking Christ. We need to embrace the blurred lines and complexities of cultural norms. The world should not be painted with one brush. <laughs> and and- all blurred lines. It's just so hazy. It's like it's it's like uh, this is Heart of Darkness, right? I mean, I, I told you, Brian, I never really understood what Heart of Darkness was getting at, but I, ga- I gather like confusion, cultural confusion, was a part of it. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the sort of terror of going deeper and deeper into like a weird a cultural fantasia that you can't uh understand um and i feel like that's what we're talking about here yeah yeah i mean it's the terrifying journey into a a place that you've irrevocably destroyed but also don't understand it because you've destroyed it and now you're scared (laughs) so oh oh that is heart of darkness then thank you you're looking at your it's about someone a a a settler coming in and surveying deeper and deeper into what has become like a cultural wasteland, a culture turned upside down and inside out and destroyed by the very direct, but not never witnessed actions of the settler himself and his people. And then seeing only the degradation and never the original form yeah yeah and that it that's it that's what we're that is exactly what this is this woman is saying like you gotta you know these you can't tell these people what to do because this is their culture and it's like you did this you you, you're uh, the people you work for did this like 
there there are no there are very few indigenous cultures uh you know and untouched by uh capital they should absolutely have self-determination but to sit here and go like well in a context you're talking this person's talking about a political context where they're not going to get that right so like nor is it desirable right right so we're not talking about a project here that is about pulling back imperialism and giving uh self-determination to the exploited peoples of the developed underdeveloped world right no we're saying the uh class relationships and the colonial and financial relationships are going to stay exactly what they are and in that context you shouldn't you know uh when you get angry at child exploitation you're really getting angry at these exploited cultures not capital itself but these indigenous cultures yeah i mean fuck off Go fuck yourself. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, it's a way to blame everything except for the actual economic system that the people are living under, right? And, you know, uh, Marx, you know, going all the way back in Capital, talked extensively about, you know, capitalism's effect on the, its deleterious effect on the family, right? Mm -hmm. And talked extensively about the fact that, like, look, Families aren't the product of uh, some innate genetic culture or something. The product of the world they live in. And if you live in a horrifying, exploitative planet, or right, in a horrifying, exploitative system, yeah, the father becomes the despot of the household who puts his children to work just like the factory owner does, right? And it's like, that's not good, though. You shouldn't celebrate that. That's not developing a work ethic. That's just exploitation, right? You know, and how exploitation rolls through every rung of, of society and brings out any humanity that could ex- possibly exist. Uh, and I think generally on the left, at least we're supposed to see that as bad. Now at the Gates foundation, apparently this is extremely desirable. So mm-hmm. uh, just, just, you know, wonderful work they're doing over there. And thanks as always. <laughs> mm-hmm.